Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Brought to you by Sherwick Media, your health and wellness content specialist. Health Connect South is to serve the health community as a sustainable platform for regional health collaborations. Through our collective work, we seek to broadly define and advance the Southeast role in the future of health. Serving as a gateway between health industry silos, we seek to provide unique and meaningful partnership opportunities in health. We are pleased to share this information and these experts with you as part of our mission. Want to be part of the discussion? Join in, tweet questions and comments at HealthCon Radio. Hey everyone, it's C.W. Hall and this week on the Health Connect South Radio Show, Diana and I sat down with healthcare strategist Narav Desai of Mobiquity. This information technology consultancy helps enterprises who are seeking to implement or improve their mobile and digital strategies. Their team provides expertise in business and mobile strategy, user experience, design and technology, and they'll guide their clients through the process of going mobile. Narav came by to talk about how Mobiquity is able to help healthcare companies from the provider side of things to healthcare industries such as pharma, third-party payers, and others integrate mobile technology and platforms to improve patient outcomes through increased engagement. Here's Narav with a quick snapshot of what they do. I am a principal healthcare strategist at Mobiquity, so I help players in the healthcare industry as well as outside try to figure out how to leverage all the innovations going on in mobile and digital to either build a sustainable competitive advantage, to uh, serve patients better, and to ultimately just create better care. Really helping companies push the edge of where they think they can be in terms of transforming healthcare. Just as an example, one of the clients we work with right now, we've helped them come up with an idea for a mobile app to help serve patients for one of their therapeutic areas. The ideas we've come up with have gone all the way up to the top of the company, forced changes in terms of how they think about their technology infrastructure to support it, some of their policies, all those kinds of things. The idea is it can be very transformative in terms of how they go to market, not only with their therapeutics, but with the devices, with the way they approach patient care. So instead of thinking about just themselves, they can actually think about how they're serving the patients and how they support the entire spectrum of healthcare stakeholders. Stick around, we got the full interview with Narav coming up next. Check it out. Good morning, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Health Connect South Radio. It's our 23rd episode. We've been going for a little while. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day today. Time flies when we're having so much fun. That's Diana Keogh, the CEO and founder of Sherwick Media Group. We're really pleased to have Sherwick Media Group as a partner here on the show, helping to make this program available so we can bring you all of these healthcare innovators week in and week out. So thanks very much to them. So telehealth. And mobile technology, it's a topic that's come up a lot lately on the program. Um, Healthcare technology, obviously, a number of the companies that we've been featuring here on the Health Connect South Radio show come from the technology space, uh, whether they're uh, innovating some new devices that will change the way we deliver healthcare, and then particularly companies that are innovating on how we can implement technology, whether it's data, um, you know, using data to be more strategic in population health management type initiatives, helping providers be able to more easily track patient data and make strategic choices more in real time. One of the types of care delivery models that we've done some discussion about up to now involved the use of mobile technology and telemedicine as part of that. And the gentleman that's joining us on the show today, Narav Desai, he's a principal healthcare strategist for Mobiquity. And they're uh, an information technology company that doesn't just focus on healthcare. They, they, really can uh, interface with just about any enterprise out there that is incorporating mobile technology and their IT infrastructure approaches to how they engage their users and customers. So, Narat, thanks for taking some time to join us on the show today. Thanks for having me, CW and Diana. Introduce us to you first, and then we'll kind of get into Mobiquity and and tie it into how they're approaching the healthcare side of things. But take us through your background a little bit. Let folks know how you got to where you are now. Well, I guess I've been in healthcare and related technologies for about 25 years. And I originally in high school, I wanted to be a doctor. Somebody scared me out of it. It didn't we all? That was a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I found myself coming back to healthcare ever since. I did biomedical engineering. As a graduate student, I went back into technology initially, but then I found myself working with medical device companies like General Electric Healthcare and Baxter Healthcare. And I also worked with startups like uh, Reach Health that do telemedicine. And now I'm with uh, Mobiquity, where we not only do work in the finance and entertainment industry, but 50% of our business is in healthcare. So, you know, the really interesting thing is, I think, just having a breadth of different clinical areas that I've touched on, it's kind of neat to just see how you can help advance uh, healthcare in all these different areas through technology. 
And as I was looking into what you do at Mobiquity, mm -hmm. one of the things obviously that leaps out is the term uh, mobile engagement. When we yeah. talk about that, what exactly are we are we getting at? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because mobile engagement is it's not the opposite would be that you might just bring in a an agency that helps you come up with you know the design of an app, and you might also come in and bring in some company like an IBM that helps uh, you design an infrastructure. We do both, so we help uh, companies look at any aspect of their mobile and digital uh, strategy and figure out whether or not they need a strategy piece or need some design or need some development and do everything from soup to nuts depending on where their needs are. So uh, it's all everything like an IBM and an IDEO combined. And when we talk about the, the application side of mm -hmm. things, it seems like everybody's developing an app for yeah. that, right? Yeah. What is, what's the value of that? Where does that come into play for an enterprise? Obviously, we'll tie mm -hmm. that into here in healthcare. I've seen mm -hmm. a couple of times, we've, we've hosted a couple of companies that are coming up with some cool applications that are yeah. being used to change the way we deliver care. But from, from the perspective of the company... Yeah, you know, I think that one of the most telling stats is that people use their phones 150 times a day. And that, I think, tells you that this is the one technology that people have said... You don't need to drive us to adopt it. We already have. So how can you use and leverage the, uh, the aspects of mobile that people have already bought into in order to connect with them, in order to drive better results for your customers, uh, and, and just ultimately create a better competitive advantage? So you know what that means is you're leveraging the ubiquity of mobile devices. You're leveraging the communications capabilities. And leveraging their always presence, you know, always available presence. And uh, that just means that you can do so much more with it. And so what does that yeah. look like? Well, in so many different ways, right? I mean, you're all familiar with your own apps that you have on your phone, right? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the key things about it is that your apps are not the same as mine, right? So it's a very personalized device. So, you know, companies can really use mobile to create a more personalized experience for people they can segment things out for different uh, target populations and really create a different type of experience for the individuals they're trying to serve. So yeah. give me a case study for one of your clients. I mean, you don't have to yeah. name it, but just sh give me an example. So this is all yeah. great in theory, yeah. but as a listener, I yeah. want to know exactly what you're talking about. So, okay, imagine in healthcare, one of the challenges that you have right now is that people don't take care of their, um, take their medications as they're supposed to. Right, so and that alone is probably the sixth leading cause of death in the country. One hundred twenty-five thousand people die a year. So, what if you could leverage mobile to actually help drive medication adherence? So, here's one thing: a company called Proteus has developed a chip which can be implanted in a pill, and when you take your medicine, it actually dissolves. You know, your stomach acid dissolves the chip. And it can send a signal to a patch worn on your skin, which can then send an email to your provider that you actually took your medicine. You know? so, <laughs> um, that's pretty so, crazy. Yeah. So, and then by way of the mobile app, you know, you as a uh, patient or as a provider have access to the information. You can log other types of things like, you know, how am I feeling, all those kinds of things. Right. So these are the kinds of innovations that are coming out in mobile and digital, you know, things are going up to, onto, and into your body uh, to help drive better adherence and better outcomes. Still, the um, yeah. that's one of the most unique things we've heard on this show. Yeah. Um, the other thing is still the, the designer fish. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, there's, there's a fish can represent me, and they can do testing on it to see if I'm, how, yeah. I'm, how I'm going to respond really to medications and so forth. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But on that so, side, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when you when you start having an interactive application mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. uh, it was one of the topics that we kind of got from a different direction. But mm -hmm. one, the, the company that we talked to last week uh, is developing a technology that will help manage chronic uh, Disease. diseases, particularly uh -huh. diabetes, yeah. um, and can interface with the EMR. Mm -hmm. How does how does the in the case of the healthcare side of things. Uh -huh. It's not a marketer or yeah. somebody, a user experience kind of person sitting mm -hmm. on the other end. It's a clinician of some kind. So how does, yeah. when we start getting into applications like this and, and the mobile health side of things, mm -hmm. 
how does it interface with the provider? I mean, obviously, if I'm if I'm going onto my phone 150 times, mm-hmm. hopefully one of those times or several of those times, whatever the case may be, I'm interfacing with the application that will help you, my provider, yep. take care of me better. Mm-hmm. But how do you see it on the provider side of things, interfacing with them? With is it pushing them information? Is it tying into their EMR? How, how, how do you all tackle that? That's great. It's a great question. I think there there are a bunch of different options there. Um, one, you think you think of the the provider as you know a doctor, right? Well, doctors are people too. They're also using their phones. So, and my wife happens to be a physician as well. So, you know, I know <laughs> I know how much she uses her phone. You know, she accesses the EHR. She access you know she communicates with other physicians. Um, you know, just the fact that you have access to information as a physician, you know, through your phone also helps. Now, one of the devices that is is out there is uh, a, by a company called AliveCore, all right? And uh, what they do, I'm sorry, Airstrip, Airstrip. And what they do is they enable physicians to use their little device to get access to things like EKGs or, uh, you know, when a woman is um, uh, about to deliver, you know, they can get all her readings and they don't have to be right there in the room. So physicians themselves also have the ability to get access to the information without actually being present. You know, and Rem- that makes it remote monitoring, yeah. if you will. They can actually see the data, and they yeah. can time their arrival, I guess, a little bit more strategically, so they can be more productive. Then. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing about um, uh, you know the mobile solutions is that a physician can get more of a population health type of uh, a view as well, right? So rather than getting individual information about a patient, they can see it in aggregate across a group of patients and start looking for patterns. Right to see if hey you know maybe I've got a certain set of patients that are experiencing symptoms that are uh, you know trending towards a certain issue right and what does that mean is there a, a pattern that causes that is there a weather condition is there um, a diet you know or something else that is that is uh, causing that so, you know what's interesting mm-hmm. is how um, we're talking a lot about mobile phones mm-hmm. and a lot less about tablets. Mm-hmm. And is there a reason why? Oh, no, not necessarily. I think tablets are definitely useful for uh, definitely for providers and even for patients. But there is the the one thing about mobile phones, right? Which is that they are um, you can communicate, right? You can actually talk, right? And in some cases, that's what patients may need. They may need uh, the ability to actually just you know have a conversation with somebody over the phone, right? And so that's just the one extra thing that they they potentially bring. Now, the great thing about and they also slide into your pocket much more easily, so they're more ubiquitous. And they're less yeah. likely to stay in the car when you go into a restaurant. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. I, it seems like uh, I think tablets are becoming a little bit more ubiquitous now. Yeah. Uh, more people are, are getting into them. Obviously, the price point's coming down so that, that mm-hmm. more people can have them. Uh, I, I think they're just lagging behind the, the telephone in terms of mm-hmm. its overall adoption rate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it seems That's like amazing, though, so. y- most apps for a phone will also go on a tablet, seems like. Yeah. In not all cases, but I guess many. Right. But actually, I'm yeah. seeing a lot less people use tablets yeah. than I did when they first well, came out. I mean, you know, if you, I, I've got my devices in my hand here. You can't see them, but, I mean, my, one's my phone, one's my iPad, and the mm-hmm. phone is almost the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah. I'm carrying a laptop up to my face. Um, but when we talk about mobile health versus telehealth, mm-hmm. what's, what's the distinction? That's a great question. I think um, they're all starting to overlap with each other. So telehealth, if you think about it, the origins are more about bringing care to the patient versus making the patient go to where care is delivered. So, you know, the original ideas of, uh, around telehealth were, could you enable a, uh, a physician to see a patient remotely to maybe make a diagnosis or treatment decision, you know, over video conference? Right, and uh, but then telehealth itself has involved has evolved to include all kinds of other technologies, like you know, like um, uh, like a stethoscope that could be connected. Yeah, like the med right? Z so folks mm-hmm. are doing the the pediatric visits now. Exactly. They send a provider out, yep, who's actually doing an exam with an otoscope and all of that, but a right. physician's on the other end actually viewing mm-hmm. the results. Yeah, exactly, and so. You know, and then so mobile health is just another way of potentially bringing that care to the patient. The The difference is in some cases that now you're also involving the patient in their own care. Um, and that, that's probably one of the big, bigger differences that, you know, you're seeing people trying to engage patients more in their own care. 
the end. That's partly because of healthcare reform, because you know people have higher deductibles, and now they're going to be a little bit more vigilant about you know what kind of care should they seek, because their deductibles are higher. They're going to have to pay more to get you know get covered, and so they're going to look for the options which are going to keep them from having to use the more expensive services. So if you can get a video conference with a uh, physician who can tell you in the evening hours, you know, is this, is my son okay? You know, um, do I need to go to the ER or do I need to go to urgent care? Or can I just give them medicine A and they'll be okay? You know, it's much cheaper potentially than going to the ER. So you know, people are being empowered more as a result of these types of devices too. So yeah. for, for, so mobile health is really, I can't say it's really more aimed at the at the patient, but I think that it sounds like that's mm-hmm. really the the user. It, it's trying to pull them in mm-hmm. to either share data, uh, yeah. as as like in the remedy folks where they're interfacing with like say mm-hmm. Bluetooth enabled uh, glucometers, for example. Mm-hmm. So the patient data is actually streaming f- through their app to mm-hmm. to the provider. But it sounds like trying to in th- in some ways uh, some strategies sound like kind of gamification if you will mm-hmm. I, if i yep. if i eat better this week this is what my weight did this is uh, so they can start to see that data themselves yeah. i guess sort yeah. of like my fitness pile and things like that right exactly so you know the the great thing about the mobile devices is that they have a whole bunch of technologies inside of them like you know the the gps the uh, you know the camera all kinds of things that enable you to get context and then they're also able to connect with other th- types of things like the Fitbit and the Jawbone. So you're, so you're able to pick up sensor information. So now you've got all this information encapsulated within one device, which then you can also share the information, right? So you as a patient can keep a diary, you can collect all your, uh, your, your steps, and you can share it with your provider or with your care team or with your family and use or with uh, our social network. And so the value there is that you get different types of motivational drivers to help you take better care of your own health. And that, you know, for some people that may just be the educational messages or reminders. For some it may be the, uh, the gamification. You know, they're on a leaderboard and they're trying to be the best in terms of the number of steps or whatever else they need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, other people may just need to access uh, a social network that says, hey, you know, keep up the great work, right? So when it comes yeah. to your company, yeah. Is it a platform? I mean, how does it interact with both providers? I mean, what does it look like? Well, we have, we're really a, a consulting firm, right? So we help develop uh, solutions more on a custom basis. But, uh, you know, and, and so it really depends on what a, um, a client needs to do. So uh, one client may be a pharma company that has a therapeutic that wants to build a companion solution around that therapeutic. So that it may be a, a drug for, let's say, um, heart disease. Right, and so they want to build an app around that to not only remember remind the patient to take their medicine on you know as po- as uh, prescribed, but also to keep up with their diet and their exercise and maybe log how they're feeling so that ultimately that information can be shared with their provider and they can have a better conversation with them about how they can take care of themselves. Um, you know, so that's uh, you know one approach. The other approach is also we have developed a uh, behavior change platform called uh, Delta IQ. The, the value there is that behavior is probably in, in healthcare about drives about 40% of uh, premature deaths. So that's bad behavior like diet, exercise, alcohol, smoking. And, uh, and like I said before, you know, 125,000 people die a year uh, just because they don't take their meds as they're supposed to. So if you can impact healthcare just by helping change behavior, that's a big thing. And it falls right in line with the idea that if you want to engage patients more in their healthcare, you want to engage them on a behavioral level. And so what the behavior change platform Delta IQ really does is it uses the fact that you can't really treat everybody the same in terms of driving their behavior. You, CW, are going to be motivated maybe by a scoreboard or leaderboard. Diana might be motivated more by a social network or by, um, you know, by educational information. And I might be mot- motivated more by something else. So instead, instead of taking a one-size-fits-all approach, you use different types of intervention strategies to help people move towards their goals, whether it's for diet, exercise, or something else. So what does that yeah. look like? So as a patient, um, I, might be use, I might set a goal for myself that, uh, that says, okay, I want to uh, 
you know, exercise, you know, five times a week, right? So I might start receiving some educational messages that say, hey, you know, remember, you know, exercise is good for you, it does this and that for you, right? But, uh, you know, at some point I might tune out, right? And the system looks at how well, you know, whether I'm reading these messages, whether I'm actually engaging in the activities that I'm saying I want to engage in, and then it changes things up, it learns, right? Because the idea is you can't use the same approach all the time, you have to change things up because there's a fatigue factor. And so then it, instead of uh, using educational messages, it may connect me with my provider or with, my, uh, with a social network or with a peer. And the peer may say, hey, you know, keep up the great work. This is, this is good stuff. It's hard. You know, you can keep up. You know, you can do this, that, and the other thing. And uh, so, you know, you go through that path. And then you can also, um, again, use a mix of different types of interventional strategies to really help people uh, move forward. A platform that tattles on you. Interesting. <laughs> so again, I mean, is it yeah. a platform? Is it an app? Or how it is, is it? a customizable platform. And who's yeah, the so customer base for that? Who's your clientele? The customer base would be, let's say, a pharma company that wants to drive adherence for their their patients towards, uh, you know, better managing their heart disease, right? It could be uh, a provider that uh, wants to also say, hey, you know, I have patients who are on di- who are diabetics, and they need to again better manage their co- chronic condition because they're not able to do it themselves. They need some motivation. You know, it's interesting. Right so, as I was getting out of the car yeah. um, to come into the building, there was an article or a story on NPR about the fact that they're now studying the role that social isolation plays mm-hmm. in chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Which you know, especially with this whole behavior change, mm-hmm. that has been the ballywick for most corporate wellness platforms, yep. for most um, providers mm-hmm. to actually figure out how do you actually move the, the needle, needle yeah. on behavior change because it's they can talk until they're and educate until they're blue in the face. No mm-hmm. one shows up for the brown bag lunches. Mm-hmm. No one actually will download the app, or there's a fatigue mm-hmm. that sets in. So mm-hmm. this is a really interesting development that mm-hmm. it, it actually has got that tattletale. Yeah. And context is one of the key things, right, that, that people get through mobile devices because lo- mobile devices can capture, uh, you know, where you're located, what, you know, what you're doing at different times of the day, and, and really figure out what is the context in which you are actually taking care of yourself or not taking care of yourself. And you can leverage that information to drive new insights, you know. We've been talking yeah. with principal healthcare strategist Narab Desai of Mobiquity, talking a lot about uh, mobile health and, and some about telehealth as well, mm-hmm. and learning about the ways that healthcare enterprises can implement mobile technologies and applications mm-hmm. and platforms across their enterprise to help in- drive patient engagement, help them be able to better manage their own mm-hmm. um, health uh, through better choices, tracking what those choices do mm-hmm. uh, for their patient health data. For example, I'm interested uh, because clearly, just because you build the app, it's mm-hmm. not a build it and they will come. How do you? Mm-hmm. How does the healthcare enterprise, when they say, "Hey, you know, we're going to come up with an application to try to get our patients more engaged, so mm-hmm. that we can get more information from them, the patients can better manage their care." How do you? How do you get that side? How do you get the user? How do you? You know, does Mobiquity help with that, or I mean, or, or advise on how? This is how we recommend that you roll this out so that your mm-hmm. patient population that you're trying to engage actually uses it. Yeah, it's, it's another great question. I think a lot of people do feel that, you know, the field of dreams type of marketing will work, that, you know, they build it and they will come. Yeah, we got the app. Right? Download but, it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's very true. You know, much like uh, with websites, you know, you don't just put it out there and then people will just gravitate Stream to, to it, it yeah. right? It's, yeah. uh, it's a marketing effort that you have to make. And so, you know, the means by which you do that uh, – can vary depending on the target population, but certainly you can leverage digital marketing services uh, that we provide. But um, you know, we, you know, the idea is to help you with figuring out how to get more visibility on the app store, how to drive, uh, you know, people to become more aware of, become, uh, you know, adapt it, and actually even engage with it. Right. So one of the challenges you see with mobile apps because there's so many out there. People download apps and they don't even use them. Yeah, right? that's what I was thinking about. So. <laughs> I, I, about the number of apps on my phone, and I yeah. probably use I don't know six or eight, maybe. Well, yeah, and every right. time I'm asked to update one that I'm not using, yeah. it's like delete. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so you know, engagement with the app is is a key piece of it. And you know, whether you're trying to uh, 
you know, get them to use it for the long run or just use it intermittently, but use it for the right purpose, you have to make sure that they really do understand the value and get real value out of it. So part of user experience design also in the app is, is how do you make sure that it's a, it's kind of a wow experience for people. Yeah, right? it's got to be intuitive. Yeah. can't be too clunky with clicks and navigation. And exactly. stuff like that. steps. So how do you do yeah. that? Well, there are a lot of different things that you can do, but one is uh, really engage with people, observe people, see how they do it. You know, you can actually use human factors uh, studies, uh, ethnographic studies, see what people are really looking for. And um, uh, so uh, I can't get into a specific type of customer, but, you know, one of the things that we did was with a convenience store type of chain, right? We, we sat outside for months watching what, what, pay, what their customers would do to figure out what their real needs were before they went into the store, to, as well as what they were doing inside the store. We use that to figure out what are the key functions or features they might actually need in the app in, in order to uh, have a better experience. And so we, we put all that together and then came up with a top set of features and developed a roadmap of this is what you do now, this is what you do later on, this is what you do further down the line. Okay, you can't yeah. just say that and not <laughs> tell yeah. us what those key features were. Yeah, so I'm thinking yeah, it's I'm like, like what, you know, what do I get from yeah, an app? So like one of those yeah. might be... Yahoo Milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so one of those would be that you could pre-order what you want. Yeah, so if you're going to the convenience store and you want to get coffee, right, you could basically pre-order uh, certain types of things and have that, all that linked to your rewards card, you know, for the convenience store. So r rather than have to wait, and you're in a rush, you're trying to get to work, it's there. It's ready for you. Hmm. And so there you know? goes trying to buy beer before yeah. you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I yeah. have my beer ready for me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. <laughs> so when, when you were earlier, you were talking about how the there, it's possible now for mobile applications mm -hmm. to actually begin to learn mm -hmm. from my behaviors. And is it then modifying what it displays to me uh how how is that I'm, i was curious about that because you mentioned the fact that it, mm -hmm. the the experience itself can change yes can change may need to evolve based on how i'm using it so can you talk yeah. about how does that get executed yeah so th the idea there is that because you are doing something different the the interface may want to change for you right so if um let's say you are a heart patient and you are uh, trying to take your medications on time, you are trying to exercise regularly, and you are not, and for some reason you slack off, okay? So rather than maybe seeing the same type of in messages when I open up the app that say, you know, hey, welcome, you know, this is what your goals are, right? There might be something a little bit more interventional, right, that says, hey, you know, it looks like you haven't been doing the same as you did the previous few weeks. It, you know, is there, uh, you know, something that you'd like to log in your, you know, you might want to log something in your diary, right, that's in the app. You might want to have a, uh, uh, a link pop up that, talk, that enables you to talk to a peer for support. So you could possibly create algorithms in the app itself that, that help you move along a certain path towards your goal um, and switch that up. So different features of the app would be made available to you based on, you know, where you are in your healthcare journey. Interesting. So yeah. as you're designing it then, because mm -hmm. we talked as a part mm -hmm. of an example that we, we discussed earlier was mm -hmm. that some person might be motivated by being engaged with a social media mm -hmm. component. Someone uh -huh. else might be more motivated by seeing where they rank yep. against peers, say, in a in a top 20 list or whatever, sure. you know, some kind of a ranking yep. system that, that knowing, knowing this, you build both of them in and maybe it kind of, it does steers yeah. you in one direction or another based yeah. on kind of where you seem to be going within the app. Yeah. And, and also even where you are contextually. So let's say you walk into Whole Foods, right? Maybe, you know, by using, um, geolocation, right? You can actually say, hey, you know, there's a patient happens to be in a location where they may be able to get uh, healthier food. So you could pop up for them. Hey, this is a great set of foods that you may want to co uh, consider. That's right? going to steer me away from is the caramel sea salt, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, that stuff is so good. <laughs> right. hey, and, yeah. Let the record note, I am now getting text about the fact that I um, 
immediately went to beer so, <laughs> from our live listeners. That's yeah. right. That's right. People are paying attention. Yeah. No, so, so. so context is an awesome thing, right? And, and obviously the flip side of that is privacy, right? How much do you want right. to share yeah. uh, in order to get the benefit of, you know, what the uh, app provider or company is trying to provide for you? And, and I think that's a big trade-off that we'll continue to see pan out, especially as you see all these privacy breaches and everything else. You know, what is something that you're willing to live with? It has to be a benefit versus effort, you know, type of uh, trade-off that we're well, making. Well, and speaking yeah. of that, so, uh, you know, a big part of a lot of these behavioral mm-hmm. or even any platform, especially when it goes into healthcare, is data collection. Yeah. So how does that play into it? And, and then what are you doing with that data once it's being collected? Yeah, so... <laughs> it's a great question, Diana. There's there's so much involved with all of this. Uh, one way I like to help people envision a mobile app, especially in healthcare, is that that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, below that tip, there are all kinds of things you have to think about, whether it's regulatory, legal, you know, uh, HIPAA security, uh, the marketing of the app. To CW's point earlier, uh, just a whole bunch of things. So with the with the data piece. Um, there are, there are a couple things. One is you do want to make sure that the data can be potentially, uh, that it is going to be private, enc- encrypted, secure, uh, especially uh, at limiting where it may even be transferred because in certain uh, countries you're not even allowed to transfer it outside of uh, boundaries. Hmm. Um, y- you also want to think about who's going to have access uh, to that data. And uh, you can you know, create settings where you can certainly limit who has access to it. And you can also ultimately have uh, legal components like the terms and conditions or the data privacy policies, you know, that are, are that are part of those um, apps. But what are the key benefits that you might get out of it? Um, let me give you an example of a company called Propeller Health. They created a, an internet-connected inhaler, <laughs> all right? Uh, so what was the benefit of, of something like that? Well, you could start seeing... In a, in a metro area, where are people using their inhalers most or when? You like right? a heat map. Yeah, it's kind of a heat map. And then people could say, look, why, why are people having more asthma, asthma attacks at this time or in this region? Is there something going on? There was a great example that they actually found where there was a lady who every Wednesday, for some reason, uh, had, had an asthma attack during lunchtime. And so what they found was that on Wednesdays, she was walking through the park. And, but it wasn't walking, happening every Wednesday. It was happening only certain times. And it turned out that they could use the weather information that was also associated with um, the, you know, the, the location of the inhaler. And they found that when the wind was blowing from something like the northwest, it turned out there was a factory you know, that was uh, like a chemical factory or something that was causing her to have those asthmatic attacks. So basically, they figured out that you know, if you're going down this way, you know, don't just don't do it on certain types of bad weather days or, you know, certain when the wind is blowing in a certain direction. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I thought that you were going to tell us that it basically yeah. called Ralph Nader right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a, as a company yeah. you know, that provides mobile options for mm-hmm. all kinds of enterprises, today yeah. we're talking about the healthcare side of things. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing now um, are insurance companies getting into the game trying to develop sure. population health management applications that... Um, help their consumers be mm-hmm. better patients? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, payers are very interested in in the population health side of things, trying to make sure that people are better take, um, that do take better care of their chronic diseases or, or whatever uh, health issue they have. Um, there's a great stat also that about 5% of patients are responsible for about 50% of healthcare expenditures. I don't know if you've seen that before. but Yeah, and one of the guys a, that was on yeah, recently talked about the yeah. fact that, what is it, 60% of those costs, something yeah. like that, 60, maybe even 80%, I yeah. don't remember, it was very high, mm-hmm. um, came in the last 30 days of yeah. life. Yeah. You know, so, so pretty crazy. Yeah, and so payers are definitely interested in uh, keeping people from getting to those points where they really have to exhaust a lot of healthcare resources. So the more you can keep them along the wellness side of the spectrum, the better off everybody is. You know, it's, it's a kind of an aligned goal. Everybody wants to stay as well as possible. So payers are looking at or investing a lot in um, wellness types of plans as well as, uh, you know, 
things that help people drive healthier behaviors. I'm kind of interested to see how long it takes. I I did a search the other day just Mm -hmm. to see how, if anybody out there was doing it. I saw one up, Mm -hmm. I think it was in Michigan or somewhere up Mm -hmm. in the northern Midwest, that there is a health company that is beginning to offer a plan, basically, I guess the, it's kind of like that uh, the, the auto insurance company mm-hmm. that you can put the gizmo in your car and it mm-hmm. kind of reads how well, you know, are you a smooth driver, mm-hmm. safe driver, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So your rates go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would imagine that somebody is going to come out and do something like that in the healthcare payer side of things mm-hmm. where the more information I share as a patient, if I interface with mm-hmm. the application, mm-hmm. tracking my weight, tracking my caloric intake, yeah. exercise, all yep. those things that I pay less. It, it's absolutely true. And I think that the big challenge in that world is trust, right? Are people going to trust the payer to, you know, uh, not necessarily hike their premiums yeah, if they're not doing the right, right thing? Yeah. yeah, right. So, well, all right. Yeah. So that is actually... The problem with most um, most wellness programs mm-hmm. is again, you know, we're talking about moving this needle. Mm-hmm. Is that you know the people that are in this room are going to continue to work out and mm-hmm. continue to ca- take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's moving the needle on those that are not going mm-hmm. to. And that type of approach, even offering them a hundred dollars to get their mm-hmm. um, metrics taken, you know, mm-hmm. their blood pressure, their their mm-hmm. blood taken, they don't show up for that. Yeah, or even the diminishing or bringing down their premiums, they don't show up for that. Yeah. So, you know, that's the type, that is the challenge for the healthcare industry as a whole mm-hmm. to actually get the needle moved in that type of person, individual. Totally. Uh, you know, and the, the interesting thing that we're seeing is that people are realizing that they may not be able to go it alone, that they really need to partner up and with others because maybe one company doesn't have the trust factor of the equation. Maybe another company doesn't have the clinical expertise, you know, and another company may not have the technology piece. So you're seeing so many different types of partnerships going on, like Apple with the Mayo Clinic, right? And, uh, you know, and just so many different types of groups working together in order to bring together a digital healthcare ecosystem to really drive uh, better patient care. So within so, the applications and the platforms that you're providing, mm-hmm. are you, as a company at Mobiquity, are you really focused more on the technology side of that application, or do you also get involved with the content within it? Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. you talked about the fact that it might be able to push me some information, mm-hmm. for example. Do you handle that, or is, is that kind of up to the, the customer who's interfacing would, with you to create the application? It would be up to the customer because... In many cases, let's say you have a pharma company, whatever, the, uh, they're very strict uh, guidelines around, you know, what kinds of content they can put out there, right? They need to be seen as non-promotional. They need to be, uh, you know, very cognizant of what they're doing and not doing out, out there. And so we can't just willy-nilly put a bunch of stuff out there. We'd have to, at minimum, go through an approval process with the pharma company's review committee. So it's really focusing yeah. on the technology technological aspect of yeah, it. It's a technology, but you know, it's also guidance and, and also the other thing we help do is uh, help broker partnerships because we do work with so many people in the in the space, both inside healthcare and outside of healthcare. Right. And so that helps people, you know, get together in ways that they might not have thought of before. You know, people are actually very interested in seeing how can they do something different. A pharma company may say, hey, I want to be thinking outside the pill. Right, that's a common refrain from them, and thinking outside the pill may mean, you know, I want to offer services to patients that really help them as a therapeutic, and it's in and of itself, and uh, maybe the services aren't really related to the therapeutic area per, per se in terms of a molecule, but you know, maybe it is something that helps sense their uh, their um, their heart level, you know, I mean their their heart rate and their blood pressure. And I want to help provide the clinical expertise as a pharma company, but somebody else is providing the technology, right? And uh, somebody else is providing access to the patients because the pharma company can't go out and get them directly in the same way. So basically yeah. you're helping them connect those dots. Yeah. 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 Now on the EMR side of things, mm-hmm. are you interfacing? How, how does that work for you? Because yeah. we, were, we were talking to the Greenway Health mm-hmm. folks last week, uh-huh. interoperability being one of the comments or 
<laughs> things that we talked about anyway. Yeah. Um, and and how does that work for you? I mean, are are there yeah. is it getting easier now to begin to come out with a thing, or do you have to? Well, create a translator, if you will, for just about every one of them. I understand there's over 600 different EMRs out yeah, there. Yeah, there are a lot. And so we've actually, um, we have a really smart group of um, enterprise architects. They've helped come up with what we call a, a digital health platform, which essentially enables you to connect to all types of EMRs, all types of sensors. We can connect with the Apple Health Kit or the Research Kit, all these different types of platforms that are already out there so that you can really sort of plug and play. You can even connect with e-commerce types of platforms or, or social networks, right? So you might have a combination of a solution that needs to take your EHR records, right? I mean, maybe extract some information from there, extract some information from, uh, you know, a, a sensor that you're wearing. And maybe you might want to pull it all together in an app and create some sort of a, a report. And you may want to sh share it on a social network. Right, uh, you as a patient, if you want to do that, right? But all those different types of touch points, we've built the common infrastructure for that you can essentially um, interface with whatever it is you need to create that custom solution that serves your patients. So the data that's flowing through your applications yeah. and your platforms, is that living in the cloud that's yeah. kind of in an environment that's part it, of Mobiquity? It would be, it, it could be a combination, right? It could be part of Mobiquity, right? But it could also be on the customer's premises because, in some cases, they really need that that their own firewalls around everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that. And, and on that side, yeah. with the data that lives with you, do you all do any kind of analytics uh, on that? Do you present some of those pictures that we talked about? That let you know, if we're talking about population health, for example, mm -hmm. do you provide any sort of infographics or, or anything like that with the data or is it just kind of living there and it's they, they end up using it they just pull it out of your out of your environment that that's part that's a good question I think it depends on the interface but yes we can uh, create the the dashboards that might be used by the patient or by the provider or by somebody else in order to pull information out of the data um, you know it could also be up to the customer to take the information that's in the database and create their own reports out of it now, with you, with your enterprise at Mobiquity, and mm -hmm. you're interfacing with the healthcare community, and just in enterprises at large, I mean, basically, is it a kind of a passive process? A company knows that this is what you do, and they call you. I mean, or are you interfacing? Hey, what, you know, how, how does that work? Where, the, where you start to partner up with these enterprises to develop the mobile side of their their business? In this case, healthcare. Uh, it's, it's a combination of both. I mean, we have a, a sales team that goes out and knocks on doors, and we also have. Uh, uh, a fairly extensive uh, marketing uh, strategy, too, where we go out to conferences. We do a lot of thought leadership. We have blogs. And uh, we also have uh, what we call a wireless innovation council, which meets uh, essentially uh, two or three times a year, made up of different organizations like NASA, Pfizer, uh, UCB, uh, Fidelity, all these different companies that will basically come together and um, and talk about challenges facing um the industries across the board, you know, in the wireless and uh, mobile world. So that was one of the ways, the reasons we came up with uh, the behavior change solution also, because they saw that behavior change was an issue across the board. It was very interesting, you know. Have so, you begun yeah. to get some feedback now on that component, how, how it's doing with regards to the the patients and the individuals that are beginning to use the uh, Delta IQ behavior change platform? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely seeing uh, a lot of value there, and we can't get into all the, the numbers, but we've uh, shown, I'll, I'll just talk about a pilot at least that we um, did, where we did just internally a water pilot. I mean, people trying to take, um, increase the amount of water they wanted to take, right? You know, eight glasses a day or whatever, right? So we used that to uh, just trial the platform, right? And we saw a significant increase by by changing up the intervention strategies when we saw that people were not necessarily taking their water as they were supposed to. So it was a basic app, basic app which, you know, you just said, hey, I'm taking eight glasses of water. I took three glasses of water, right? And so you look for the trends, uh, you interpret what's happening, and you determine whether or not you need to make an intervention. You know. So a lot so, of these apps that yeah. actually it's self-reporting, first of uh -huh. all, a lot of people lie. Uh -huh. And second of all, a lot of people don't report. Yeah. So, uh -huh. I mean, have you guys figured out that issue? 
<laughs> no, we haven't figured out the lie detection. <laughs> okay. So just tattles. So, uh, <laughs> doesn't figure out if they're lying but, or not. You know, and I think that that's why you can't replace the uh, provider in some cases. They're, they're good at also trying to figure things out, right? That they, they know when, often can tell when a patient is lying to them. Just because they put it on a phone in their diary, that doesn't necessarily mean they're telling the truth. Right, but it is certainly going to offer them a an opportunity to have a richer conversation with their patient, right? And uh, it's better for the patient because they don't have to recall everything, mm -hmm. right, from their last six months since their last visit, right? I did yeah. ask my doctor last time I was there because yeah. you know how they have you yeah. fill out those health histories every single time, and you mm -hmm. know nothing changes. Right. I said, why why doesn't this just go into my file? She said because it's amazing how people can't remember mm -hmm. what they said the last time, especially if they're lying. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> the number That's of drinks per yeah. week, uh -huh. you know, it might have been two to four, but really it's, mm. you I'm know. I'm sure they do some sort of yeah. math in their head. Okay, that means two to three times that yeah, amount. And they, yeah, and the doctor also said if someone says between two to four, we basically double it. Yeah, really? That's what I was mm -hmm. interested. I, I was guessing mm -hmm. that that's probably what was happening when they asked those types of questions. Yeah. You also have to think about, yeah, the stakeholders actually come to think about, you know, you're talking about the doctors, right? They're... Um, you have to make this work for them as well. It's one thing to enable them to get some, some data, but the other thing you have to think about is uh, are you going to make it easy for them to access this information in a way that they can use it during their very short visit with the patient? You know, uh, and are you, going, are you going to increase their liability? That's a big thing that they're concerned with, right? So what if you instead set up a situation where, oh, the patient is getting all these readings and they're being sent to the doctor, you know, 24-7 across all these different patients, that's overwhelming, right? So you have to think about when you create these solutions, how do you make it uh, acceptable for all the stakeholders involved and useful for them? And so yeah. how do you do that? Well, one of the things you do in, in that particular case is you, you don't uh, create it so that it's going to be sending information all to the doctor all the time. You figure out how to either, one, make it uh, a little nice little report that the patient can share with their doctor, or maybe send it into the EHR. All right, so uh, a lot of companies now are looking at how you can integrate all this other data into electronic health records, you know, sensor-related data as well. So um, like a Partners Healthcare up in Boston, they are integrating uh, data like from the Fitbit and other sensors mm -hmm. into their uh, EMR. It makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, obviously more and more yeah. people are getting into those, particularly in the last couple of years, they've really kind of taken off. Mm -hmm. Been around for a lot longer than that, but mm -hmm. they've really almost become mainstream now. Similar catching up with the tablet use, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, actually more and more devices in that front, right? And then, so that's just the internet-connected world of healthcare. And then, of course, there's the broader world of the Internet of Things. I don't know if you're familiar with mm -hmm. that piece too, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, how can you start taking, putting sensors in the home that enable you to provide better healthcare in the home, right? It, whether it's uh, the nest that's inside someone's home and you could basically adjust the temperature per their, per their needs, right? Or enable them to have access to the Amazon Echo, which is really like a voice recognition piece. And use that to help control devices in your house or help connect with somebody else that's a provider. You know, so all kinds of interesting things that you can start doing with that piece too. Hmm, I yeah. wish they would yeah. just be able to figure out how we can make my <laughs> side of the bedroom really, really cold. <laughs> they can do that with the bed now. The mattresses yeah. will actually do that for you. Yeah. We've been talking with healthcare strategist Narav Desai from Mobiquity. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and obviously, Health Connect South is all about fostering mm -hmm. collaborations and partnerships between healthcare organizations mm -hmm. that will move their initiatives forward. I mean, for you, when you look at the healthcare enterprises that you're interfacing with, I mm -hmm. mean, who do you need to meet to make your your progress advance more quickly to be able to uh, enhance these uh, patient interactions, population health management, and so forth? Who do you need to partner with? I mean, for, is, is there a, are there technology companies or, or types of businesses out there that, that if we had more access to this kind yeah. of thing that we we would probably be you know that much more successful. I mean, uh, from a mobility standpoint, we work with you know, all kinds of industries. So so anybody in that space. But let's say within healthcare, um, you know, anybody that's both a traditional player as well as a non-traditional player interested in being more transformative in healthcare, right? So whether uh, you know that could be a pharma, a payer, uh, a PBM, a provider, 
uh, medical device company, how are they going to potentially leverage what you can do in terms of interacting with patients or providers through mobile and digital technologies in order to you know create better insights, to create better uh, uh, behavior change, to uh, really create uh, solutions and services that are better than what your comp com competitors are doing. Do you yeah. have so. resource providers of whatever kind it may be, whether uh -huh. it's technology or data, whatever? I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know what particular resources might uh, mm -hmm. uh, help you. But I mean, do you have all of the things that you need, or do you sit around the boardroom going, "Gosh, we need mm -hmm. if we had this and that, we we would uh, we would really be rocking." You know, uh, that's a great question, and I I think you know, we're always looking to looking for good partners that will. Uh, you know, we can go to the marketplace with um, to, you know, help say, uh, you know, we're building a digital ecosystem, you know, for some sort of a population. So if, let's say, you have a, uh, a provider that has come up with some, some great uh, approaches to go to market with uh, maybe um, evaluating patients remotely, right? So we could help them uh, think about how to mobilize that or help them partner up with a company that doesn't uh, really have the clinical expertise, but does have maybe a technology that they want to integrate with. So we're, we see ourselves more as a, um, a connector as well to help with the Health Connect South. So if, uh, if Health Connect South has, you know, sees people that really need a solution that, um, uh, you know, that may have a mobile or digital component to it, and we can certainly help out. How often yeah. do you run into an enterprise that says, you know, we want to take more advantage mm -hmm. of the mobile technologies like what you provide and mm -hmm. possibly telehealth uh, mm -hmm. as a component of that. But they don't know they don't know exactly what that means, what mm -hmm. that looks like for them. I mean, yeah. how do you approach that? Do you just start asking them questions about who do you serve and, mm -hmm. and start trying to draw a picture by getting to know more about what their focus is and then maybe yeah. develop the app from there? I would imagine sometimes you're just starting from scratch. They don't know what they want. They just yeah. know they want it. Yeah, in, in some cases we do uh, just uh, what we call a mobile transformation workshop. You know, so it's the sort of the basic, you know, let's get started. Let's see where you are and let's see where your challenges are because there's so many different um, areas where you can misstep in mobile and digital. It might be in the, in the uh, user experience design. Mm -hmm. It might be in the marketing. It might be in the overall strategy or the technology. So, you know, just taking a look at their landscape of opportunity, figuring out where the gaps are and then laying out a roadmap for them in terms of where they can move forward, you know? So so there's a, there's just a lot of things that you can do in this space. And, you know, it, it's easy to to make mistakes, but it's, it's also, uh, I think the important thing for people is to just move forward because this is where things are going. You know, as you all know, this is the most highly adopted technology, you know, in, in the world, really, mobile and digital, right? So it's, it's where things are going, it's not going back. And so people just have to figure out how they're going to engage. Yeah. So did, um, yeah. you know, as far as the start yeah. of Mobiquity, did it mm -hmm. start as a consulting firm and then the technology came out of just a necessity or did it start out as a technology company and then you started consulting just because there were so many needs out there? Yeah, the first, actually, Diana, great question. Uh, we started as a consulting firm because we saw so many opportunities. And then over time, because of all the different clients we spoke with, uh, we started seeing some patterns, right, in terms of what was necessary. Like I mentioned with the Wireless Innovation Council, you know, the, the patterns that we saw from Harley-Davidson and NASA and all these different groups that behavior change was an issue or how do you segment behaviors um, or, I mean, how do you segment the population of mobile users, all kinds of things. Um, so over, over time, we've developed products that can essentially be used as products that are almost, you know, plug and play, almost plug and play, I say, or they can be completely customized as a as an accelerator for the the client's custom solution. And yeah. so, where do you see yourself? I mean, are you developing more products like that? Or are you going to stick with the consulting? Right now, we're in both, and uh, uh, I I can't s say exactly what the exit strategy would be, but I can tell you that the CEO, uh, Bill Seibel, you know, he's definitely been a he's a serial entrepreneur, and he did help. Uh, uh, he was with Cambridge Technology Partners before, and he, he's had an exit strategy before that worked out very well. Um, so so uh, I think we're right now we're going to look at both. Can we visit yeah, so. you on your island someday? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We've got just a few yeah. minutes left. Yeah. Uh, can you did, 
did we get everything covered that you need to? Are there um, a is couple there anything of topics else that we that haven't we, asked yeah, you that, that you we need to wanted to make sure? About? Um, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I would just say that, uh, you know, in the world of digital health, there's just so much opportunity. Just think about these big categories like uh, sensors, internet, um, uh, big data. It, actually, the one area I think we should also think about in the future is all the different um, uh, data like genomic data, you know, the phenome, the the microbiome, that's another whole area that is exploding with all this new data. How are you going to start making sense of that and uh, using that to drive better care? I think, you know, <laughs> the more we get into all the different types of data you can collect about somebody and, and ultimately pers create more personalized medicine, it's uh, there's, a, there's a wide open space in terms of creating value. I would imagine the yeah. genomic testing is really going to play a big role uh, mm -hmm. going forward. It's going to be a big game changer just because uh, it may render... Uh, the, one of the examples that I heard yesterday, actually, mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember what program I was listening to, but they, they were talking about how there was uh, a cancer treatment drug mm -hmm. that for 4% of the population, it had a huge mm -hmm. impact for mm -hmm. them on the disease they were trying to treat yeah. with a like a high high rate of success over 60% for example but for uh -huh. the other 96% of the people that uh -huh. before the genomic testing came along they would just put you on this drug uh -huh. and it was going to help 4% of the people very well the rest of the people not so uh -huh. uh, you know that's an example i think of how they'll be able to get very specific yeah with medication mm -hmm. so that from a waste perspective from uh, giving you treatments that for you Mm -hmm. Genomically, you know, we yeah. know it's not going to work. Yeah, it'll I think really begin to help us refine and deliver more accurate treatments. Well, yeah, and also I with agree. that behavior platform, mm -hmm. uh, behavior change platform. I mean, you mix the genetic component mm -hmm. in there. Um, it's going to tell you why I like caramel <laughs> sea salt candy sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and with the mobile technology, obviously, we when we were speaking with the health grades folks, and they were mm -hmm. talking about how there are so many different uh, non-health pieces of data mm -hmm. um, that really begin to give a fairly high rate of accuracy mm -hmm. in terms of predicting health outcomes. Yeah. Um, things like how many contacts you have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where do you spend money? Do you rent or, or, or do you, do you own? Where mm -hmm. do you, you know, where do you drive? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So I would imagine some of that's going to start coming into play with applications mm -hmm. like what you're building. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and I think the interesting thing is there, there's a study I read about recently where, uh, just for diabetic patients, you know, they're, you know, the, one of the key metrics is you want to try to reduce their HbA1c levels, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was a, a drug that was being offered that reduced it by, let's say, 4% or some metric by about 0.4. Uh, then there was a, a, an app that was created completely separate from the drug, right? But the app was really about being more engaged with your care plan, trying to take, you know, do more exercise, et cetera. That actually reduced um, it by 0.6 instead of by 0.4. So you're you're seeing that the the solutions themselves can be a therapeutic in and of themselves. Well, I, I, I think that this kind of information yeah. and the the mobile applications yeah. begin to uh, help us. Mm -hmm. get access to the best medicine, which we know, yeah. uh, we've, we talked about exercise as medicine, that, that I, I believe that the exercise and the diet components uh -huh. of what we do on a daily basis, the choices that we make about those things, mm -hmm. probably have a greater impact on our outcome than, than do. a pill does in most cases, yeah. with fewer with fewer problems that goes yeah. along with that. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's a really interesting space. It's cool to be stuff, featuring yeah. a company that yeah. uh, is facilitating that. Tell people where they can go to get some information about you. I know that you've got a great-looking website, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, on social media as well. Mm -hmm. where, where do they go get more information? Uh, you can go to www.mobiquitinc.com, and, uh, and also you can follow me at, at HandsOnTel, and uh, you can follow Mobiquity as well on Twitter. And if you're listening, you haven't done so already, go to HealthCon Radio on Twitter to, to follow us there. That we, we tie in with all of our guests, uh, their social media feeds, so you can get great information not only from us but from the Sherwick Media Group folks who are always putting out some really excellent health educational materials uh, that are also fun to consume. Uh, their video and their, their content is always great to to uh, get a hold of. Uh, anything uh, before we have to jump off from you? No, Final I just, Diana? I mean, it's interesting how this consulting firm is almost doing the 30,000 
view from mm -hmm. up high mm -hmm. and has an overview. Again, I mean, it, it is interesting the, the age that we are, how everything that we've done in our past kind of leads to what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And you're a perfect example of that as just a very interesting background. And now you're basically working for a company that's got this 30,000 um, foot view, view of yeah. the healthcare industry. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun. It Thank was you. about 20 yeah. years so, ago, I guess it was yeah. 1994, when I got my first cell phone. My kid had one uh, when she was 10, mm -hmm. you know, so obviously it's... That's a whole other program. <laughs> yeah, really. So it's, yeah. uh, it's certainly changing the world for us. So for everybody out there who's mm -hmm. uh, made us a part of your, your day today, we really appreciate you checking in. Please be sure to turn around and share it with your networks, man. You never know what kind of uh, collaboration or partnership that you might end up accidentally fostering by doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure if you haven't done so already, on the right-hand side of the show page, there's an RSS feed. Uh, follow us there. Uh, subscribe to the podcast because you're going to get to meet some of the, uh, the area's coolest healthcare innovators that you can think of uh, doing things that you, you you never would have imagined that, that that's out there, and you'll be getting it right on the cutting edge as they're in their startup phase. So, Naraf, thanks so much for coming out and sharing about the, the way that uh, Mobiquity, Mobiquity is mm -hmm. tackling the issues of mobile and telehealth and, and beyond. Yeah, thank you, CW. Thank you, Diana. Appreciate Great it. Thanks you. for having me. To uh, the folks over at Health Connect South, we really appreciate you. And uh, to all the people over at Sherwick Media Group, uh, thanks again to those folks. Make sure you make an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. See you then. This show is brought to you by Sherwick Media. Sherwick is the health and wellness solution, content that inspires change. Learn more at www.sherwick.com. That's sharewik.com. And link up with us on Facebook and Twitter.